Hello, Owl fans, and welcome to another Owls 24-7 podcast. Uh, Shane Marinelli and Kevin Fielder here. It is game week. In-state rival. I'll say it's an in-state rival. I think, um, especially with the story I've coming up this week, I think anytime you get this many kids on the state from the state of Florida on a field, it means a little bit of extra. Uh, so I'm super excited. It's seven, it's a seven 30 game in the swamp, a night game at swamp. Uh, that's, that's super cool. I know our fans are excited, you know, just because how much we've talked about you and I, how confident you and I both picked this week. FU's going to be 10 and two. And I think we're like, fans are excited to see this team. Yeah. I mean, I think there is reason to be excited. And I think, you know, even if you're playing a team like Florida, there's there's a reason to be excited that you're playing this big time game and you know you have a chance of doing something that FAU's never accomplished before, which is being a power five opponent. Yeah. Uh so let, we'll briefly hit kind of the big news that you know everyone's been talking about the last two days. Uh obviously on Sunday afternoon, which is kind of predictable, right? Like I think you and I had the conversation. We're like, yeah, this feels like the Sunday afternoon. I, I figured it'd come a little later in the afternoon. Like, I thought, I, I thought it was going to be like a Monday. Tagger announced it during his presser thing. I, I was a little shocked that it came Sunday afternoon. No, I felt like it was going to be team meeting Sunday night. You know what I mean? That kind of like Sunday night post dinner team meeting. Tell the team gets kind of put out there. Tagger press conference. Nonetheless. Uh, and Ghosty Perry is named the starter. You know, I, I know there was a lot of talk out there, and I know with some fans I talked to, I tried to put it in my head like, okay, could there be a reason they start Nick Tronti? And you, you try and say, okay, I could – you try and develop up why would they make this decision. And I, I couldn't get – I couldn't really come up with a whole – unless he vastly improved especially with some of the things i was hearing about camp uh and some of the things you know some of my sources you know were saying it just feels like you know obviously they you know people could say yeah they didn't bring him here to be on the bench coaches don't care they're gonna start the best guy all right yeah i mean that's, uh, so that's what you do as a coach if tronti was far and above better than nikosi perry this fall he would be starting Okay, so uh, but I I feel like Nikosi gives you the best chance to win just because, as as you wrote, like his experience in these type of games. And Nikosi's kind of a big game guy. He makes those kind of big throws. And FAU is going to need a kind of that you FAU can't game manage their way into winning this one. No, you can't. You you can't go to Gainesville and expect to win this game like 24, 21. You know, you you, you game you, you game manage the crap out of the game and you know you dominate the time of possession you're going to need big time plays to beat florida i mean that's just the reality of it yeah we're not like going to out like those lsu teams that always kind of fiddled through quarterbacks you know and they have, they're handing the ball off to leonard fournette's of the world that you know we're going to go into the swamp and we're going to try yeah like you said 21 24 like 17 14 that type of game uh, not gonna happen no i mean and Kosey's a guy who's going to throw up. We know Kosey, and there's also more of a chance with Kosey that 
you know, he can go out there and the king could get ugly if he turns it over. And I've heard that that hasn't been an issue. So I don't want to make it seem that hasn't been a huge issue in camp. Right. It's not like he's going out there throwing four interceptions every other day. I mean, yeah, because I think I think if he was throwing four interceptions a game, he's not the starting quarterback. And we're not talking about him starting this game at quarterback. Yeah, if they felt like he was going to turn the ball over. But we've seen Nikosi come into games. He's not scared to let let the ball rip on some of those in one-on-one coverages. And, you know, for if you to win this game, they have to win like a certain amount of like 50-50 balls in a game, right? And that's not just jump balls, but just kind of those things where you just got to kind of beat Florida athletically, you know, and you can't just hope guys are always going to be open and you're going to scheme your way. You need some lucky things to happen. And, you know, for it to go the way, and Kosi's not going to be scared to put the ball in that type of position. Uh, so, you know, th- that's why I just never felt it, this was ever going to be Tronti's job. Yeah, I I thought like, I think I probably mentioned this before. He's like, you play Nick Tronti if you don't want to lose the game. But you can't not... You, you can't play to not lose the game against Florida. You got to play to win. I mean, you got to go out there and you got to be aggressive and you got to, you know, trust yourself to, you know, and, and understand that, you know, you're big time underdogs and, you know, there are going to be mistakes in the game. I mean, so you just kind of have to try and limit those mistakes and, you know, just try and get big time plays, big time chunk plays, you know, get 45 yard plays that, you know, just kind of put the, put the shock in Florida for even just a few plays. And one thing I kind of want to, I, I think it's overused. I think it's kind of a, 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 you know, we're talking heads talking point that kind of gets overused is the, they weren't here for spring. Lit man, Nikosi's had what, you know, Kevin, four offensive coordinators in yeah. his career. He's learned he's, a lot of playbooks, 19 games, 22 college games at uh, university of Miami. Uh, you know, Miami's offense is somewhat similar to what FAU runs where, you know, maybe the terminology is a bit different and, you know, it may be the differences learning the terminology, but he's not some freshman who's never played a college football game before. He's not some guy who never suited up before. Yeah. Like he got here in the beginning of June. So yeah, Tronti, remember, you know, it's not like Tronti had two years of a leg up on, you know, he was learning a new system in the spring too. And, you know, I, uh, a little insight here, college coaches, college teams, typically out at offense corner, tell me this, they bring about a hundred plays into a game, 105, which is actually surprisingly more than the NFL. All right. Yeah. I, that, that's something that shocked me. I was like, whoa. And I've, I've had, I confirmed it with another offense coordinator. I was like, is that true? And they're typically, yes, college more plays or run, you know, the, the game, the way the clock stops and everything like that. So you, you need a few more in your back pocket. And obviously sometimes the plays are more simplified. That sounds like a lot of plays, but a lot of it's a lot of the same stuff, just dress differently. So, yeah. I mean, you know. it's, it's as simple as, you know, instead of having two tight ends out there, you have one tight end and a, another running back or another wide receiver, but you're running similar concepts and you're running very similar play styles. And, you know, it's just simple kind of things that you're mixing up to try and throw the other team off guard, but you're not, you're not reinventing the wheel on all 100 plays. Yeah. So the, in, in all of its coordinator, if there is a part of the playbook or the concepts that Nikosi's maybe still catching up to Toronto or a little bit behind, 
Michael Johnson ain't going to bring him to the game. You know what I mean? You know, I think too many people think of this as like Madden where it's like, okay, here's your 350, you know, here's your 350 playbook or whatever. You could max it out in the game. You got to remember all the plays. I could call any one of these at all time. No, you bring about a hundred plays into the games. You've practiced all of them and you know, the quarterback can execute these plays. At least that's what a good coach would do. Right. Yeah. And, Uh, and, and likewise, uh, you know, you've probably got, I don't know how many plays Taggart's got scripted, but every single offensive coach scripts a certain amount of plays to start the game. I mean, so you you know what post he will be comfortable at, and you're going to try and put him in a position where he can just do what he's comfortable at. So, you know, I think what we'll see is those first 15, 20 plays are going to be those plays that Posey and the offense are most comfortable at. And then, you know, you're just going to try and build off those and try and introduce new concepts here and there, but you're not going to reinvent the wheel there's no reason to. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, so let's dive in a little bit now that we're kind of getting into a little bit more exercise of, you know, I, I trust me I, as an FAU fan, I'm a little scarred. I've been down this road where I've tried to talk myself into how we can win these games. I know a lot of people want to look to Florida in 2015. I think that was a little weird. I'm going to tell this up front. Dan Mullen is not going to let, Emory Jones, first of all, Emory Jones is way more talented yeah. than Treon Harris. Okay, let's just start right there. And he, Dan Mullen is also, you know, as we talk about the great, great play callers in the game, Dan Mullen's one of the top five play callers in college football. So he is not going to design a game where that lets Treon or Emory Jones go Treon Harris and gets hold the ball too long, throw interceptions to Sherard Newsome. Okay, in the end zone. It's not going to happen. No. You know, I I remember that Florida game. I sat up. I was really – I was up high in like a bull gator section. And there was about a handful of plays in that game. As close as it was, there was a handful of plays where I said, don't – oh, hopefully the quarterback doesn't see that. Hopefully the quarterback doesn't see that. And if like they had a half-decent quarterback, that game's 42-14. Yeah, I mean (laughs) – So – and I'm not saying that's the way it's going to go. This is a much better FAU team than the three, the two and nine one we rolled into Florida. But Dan Mullen is not going to let Emory Jones lose this game. Yeah, I mean, but like, I think it's also important to note that Emory Jones is only still only thrown, I think, like 85 or something passes throughout his three years in college. It's not like he's thrown a whole bunch of passes where you're sitting there and you're going, damn, we're playing a guy who, you know, was the, the two time starting quarterback and, it's just such a genius and this, that a lot of Emory Jones is still an unknown. And, you know, I think there's reason to be excited about him as a player, but it's still somewhat of an unknown as to who he is. Yeah. But what does scare me this game? And I, I know a lot of FE fans are confident. The parts that scares me is let's, what is Florida going to do? You know, I know we like to think our defensive lines deep, but I think we do have a deep defensive line, but you know, I, we still, again, your pick projected player was Malcolm Lamar to bust out. I mean, he looks like a monster out there. Um, Florida, Florida has like 10 of him, but <laughs> we don't know what type of player he is yet. You know, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. So he's a guy who's got to switch positions in his career, but he's been with the team. So we don't know what type of player, you know, do we feel safe with him in there when Evan Anderson, you know, Evan Anderson can't play. He's a big, he lost all the way. He's a big boy, but you know, he can't play 85 snaps a game. No, he's probably playing 50. 
and, you know what and I mean? You're, you're picking choosing those snaps based on what you think is best. And, for. and all it takes is three of the 50 he's of the 30 or so he's out go for big runs where the game gets out of hand. So uh, Florida, you know, I think they bring back a strong running group, you know, very Damon strong. Pierce, yeah. Damon Pierce, Malik Davis, Naquan Wright are kind of like their starters. We're going to rotate those guys, keep them fresh. Okay. I was a big Naquan Wright fan coming out of, uh, out of Carroll city. And then there are two young guys who, you know, both tr- five stars that tra- transferred in Lorenzo Lingard and DeMarcus Bowman. DeMarcus Bowman's one of the best players I've ever seen live in the history of like from playing high school football to all the games I go to now. Okay. Uh, they're both kind of coming off injuries, you know, I, Dan Mullen said today that they hoped you will see how the game goes. But, you know, to see DeMarcus, like if DeMarcus Bowman transferred to FAU, FAU fans would be like, this would be amazing. You know, he's their fourth round. Yeah. I mean, and even like Lorenzo Lingard, like he's still a question mark, but he was a five-star prospect. I mean, that's there's talent in that room, a lot of talent in that room. And I just get the feeling FAU might be – Defense is going to be kind of really spunky early. You know, I think they'll keep it tight. I think Mullen's going to kind of play it close to the vest. And, you know, without giving a, a prediction, but Florida's going to lean on, spread FAU out, and then lean on that running game. You yeah. know, it's going to be a lot of RPOs with Emory Jones. It's going to be a lot of, you know, read option. And they're going to kind of, they're just going to try and lean their talent on us. Uh, and you know, that's what I worry about. And then hit us in the air, you know, any game like this, I don't want to sound too, I worry about a player like Romain Mungin. Yeah. He's great in conference USA, but this isn't conference USA. This he, is the university of photos Florida. of Jacob Copeland, you know, Mungin's still five, seven. So it, it's, you know, th- those are some of the tough things. Uh, but you know, what I do wonder about Kevin, and I want your thoughts on this we're doing a little bit of an experiment in college football this year. This is the first time G five teams have had that extra senior class, man. I'll just think if this was no COVID year, we'd be rolling into this game going, I don't know what FU really has a receiver corner is really bad right now. Uh, we know Zion Gilbert. We have TJ chase, Aaron young, John Mitchell's like they'd all be gone. And we'd be going, Oh, we'd be really worried about a couple positions. And I wonder how much having like an extra class of players, an extra 10, 15 scholarship players in Florida could make the difference in one of these games? I think, I, I think it'll help a lot. I mean, I think just having those extra guys who know what's needed to be done and are, are leaders and have the experience and won't get frustrated by the big crowds or get flustered by the big crowds, you know, you're not going in there with, you know, Justin McKithen or any of these other, you know, whatever other cornerbacks you have going, God, I hope he handles the pressure well. You kind of know that Zion Gilbert is going to handle the pressure and he's going to go in there and he's going to try and do everything he can to help FAU win the game. And I think that's just going to be so important because they're not going in there with as many question marks as they normally would be. And, you know, you're not, you're not going in there trying to figure out which one of these freshmen are going to step up and make, make it happen. I mean, just kind of knowing that you have those extra guys who have the experience is going to help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, a lot of these guys saw the, got to feel what happened to them at Oklahoma when there was kind of hype of, Oh man, this, this, this baseball player, Kyler Murray, we bring them all back, (laughs) but we can, and their defense is terrible. Lane's going to, FE's offense is going to score 30 points and keep us in this game. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. So that's why, like, you know, I, I guess just those scars have kind of FE pass uh, is why I don't get my hopes up in this game. Kevin, there was some talk and Taggart talked about it on Ken Levicka's show. And I, and I know I mentioned it and I, I'm a big fan of these two, but I just don't know how I feel about it with Florida. But Darius Moultrie and Eddie Williams are getting some talk. And I think there's going to be a lot of linebacker rotation, regardless, whoever's listed on yeah, the depth chart. I, yeah. I, I just, a couple of guys under 200 pounds around that 200 pound mark. They're great football players. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Darius Moultrie's brother is like listed all conference at UAB. Uh, I, I just don't know how that matches up in a situation versus Florida. I mean, yeah, you're, you're going into this game with, you know, these undersized linebackers who aren't, you know, the prototypical linebackers. And, you know, it probably works against Conference USA and opponents because you're not playing future NFL players all the time. You know, UTSA is a future uh, running back, NFL running back in Sincere McCormick, but they, Florida might have three of them. Florida might have three future NFL running backs in their roster right now. I mean, there's so much more talent that, you know, just it, it's going to be tough to see how they play early on in this game. And I think you're going to have to rely a lot on the experience of, uh, you know, Leroy, if he returns and it doesn't have any of that rust and Amon Ross and Chase Laster, these guys who played last season a lot more, understand the, the situation, understand what needs to be done. You're going to have to rely a lot on them. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those are the guys that are going to win it. They're going to have to make a handful of kind of game changing plays, you know, a, a, a fourth and short stop, uh, uh, you know, Florida misses a field goal or two, which happened in 2015. I think they missed they their kicker. That was that year. They had like dental students trying out for kicker. Um, and, uh, you know, it, you're just, those guys, you know, those guys are just going to have to make a couple plays, you know, obviously in all these kind of games versus these, type of opponents you can't even think you know about letting Florida turning the ball over or allowing the kick return or the punt return uh those are kind of back backbreakers but nonetheless I think FAU covers I'm leaning towards they cover I'm leaning that the defense keeps it sticky enough in the first half and then Florida will kind of lead on its run game to kind of get out of there and maybe close it out in the fourth quarter and maybe you look at a score like 34-17 and say, oh, that was a little, or 38-17 and you say, okay, but that was a little closer than it looks is how I ultimately feel this game is going to go. Yeah, and I, I do want to get your your thoughts on something after I, I give my opinion here, but like I think – FAU can cover this game. Like, I don't think it's such a stretch that they can cover a 24-point spread, I think, is what it's listed at now. Like, I don't think that's a complete stretch to say that they can cover against Florida. Like, I think that there's a difference between winning the game and covering the game. And, you know, look, FAU faces a huge uphill battle to win this football game. And they're going to need to play a near-perfect football game. And they're going to need to have so much luck go their way. You know, you don't as a group of five program, the reality is you don't beat a power five program like Florida unless you have luck on your side. You, you get you gotta have the football gods looking over you that day, going, you know what? You're gonna have one bad snap here. You're gonna have one bad throw here, one missed field goal, one you know penalty that completely changes an offensive drive for Florida. Just those things that just need to go your way. 
but I, I do think FAU covers, but I, uh, Shane, I do want to ask you, like, if you're Mike Stoops uh, and, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out how you stop this Florida offense with a relatively unknown quarterback and three really good running backs, how do you stop it? Like, what do you call? Cause I, that's something I've looked at for the last few days and trying to figure out, you know, what would I do and how, how would I stop the, the, this Florida offense and, you know, try and neutralize their guys. And I just, I haven't really figured out a clear answer as to how I would do it. Uh, I think it's a little bit more about stopping Mullen, right? I, that's my thing. I, I think you just can't allow anything easy. Don't let him get in a true groove, make him kind of earn, make Florida earn everything. Right. That's what kind of happened that case. They, you know, you can't just let them gash you for yards on the run game. There can't be, you know, they can't run an RPO and the guy running the inside slant does, has a, a, the corners three yards away from him and it's catch, you know, catch it for eight yards and then pick up another six or seven and Florida's just moving. Make it all difficult and that could wear a little bit. Right. Uh, you know, F- Florida had some trouble last year defensively, too. Go out there and, you know, I'm speaking on the offense as well. Show, you know, make those fans start questioning Grantham again. You know, Florida, you know, Florida had issues communication wise. And that's that's one thing I'm concerned about. Uh, you know, I think Mike Soups is a good defensive coordinator. It just I have a we've had long history at FAU with defenses and co- more complicated schemes struggling. And it wasn't only just Oklahoma having Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown in that game, there was a handful of plays. Like there was one run where the running back, I think it was Rodney Anderson at the time was his name. He got three yards past the line of scrimmage. And I mean, the floodgates, he just ran straight 72 yards, just straight. Didn't like has to make cut or anything. No one, there was Hollywood Brown ran wide open a few times. There was so many times where people didn't know what they're doing. And FAU cannot afford to be like, Oh, new system. We had two blown coverages this game. Two blown coverages is a difference from you keep staying in this game and it being a blowout. So that worries me, uh, you know, that we're going to talk about. I don't want to be having the conversation like, well, you know, they'll learn the defense as the season goes on. Because in reality, they play Georgia Southern the next week, which runs a triple option. So they're not going to be really work on it. You play Fordham. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you play Air Force. Don't forget Air, Air Force. Force. So you're not going to get a chance to see your bait more base defense again until you play FIU at home. So, you know, so that's kind of, it's kind of, I don't, it, this has happened. It's even happened with Nick Saban as coach. If you go back a couple years ago when Alabama opened up at Louisville, there was a few busted coverages in that game. Granted, they had young corners. It was like they're starting Pat Sertan as a freshman. Uh, but it happens, okay? It, it, it happens even to the great coaches. Granted, we we have, you know, Taggart eased me a little bit. You know, when he said you have Jordan Helms and Tasia Youngs and Zion Gilbert, those guys, again, they've seen six coordinators. They've seen it all. So I'm yeah. I'm I mean, a little they, bit more they, at ease. It's through 18 different schemes at this point. I mean, it's. Yeah. I, and I will say this. I, I know we've maybe, I don't know if we've sounded a little bit negative on this. I think just more realist on this pod. What does give me confidence is. There's a lot of guys, and I don't know about this in years past, who, I guess the best way, it wouldn't shock me to say, oh, they step up and they're the reason why we beat Florida because yeah. they are just that supremely I mean, talented. Look, you like, look at I guys could like see a Malcolm David or Larry McCammon taking over this game. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think you look at the roster and you go through this roster and you go, 
man, LeJounte West has a real chance of doing something in this game and, you know, making big plays and, you know, taking the top off the defense and going, wow, this is, this is who we have here. You know, Johnny Ford having a really big screen pass or a really big, you know, route out, out of the backfield where you're like, damn, you know, this is, this is what changes the game. Whereas you mentioned, you know, Larry McCammon and Malcolm Davidson doing what they do best when they're healthy. I mean, you can, I think you can like, see Amon Ross coming on a blitz or yeah. Chase Lasseter making it like I trust or Chase Lasseter hitting a guy in the backfield on a fourth. Like I, there's, I don't know if there's this ever been this many guys where I can envision like, Oh, I trust this guy to make a big play against anyone in the country. And so like, and so the reason why I asked that question is because I thought about it and I went, you know, like, and I, I talked about this with a couple other people, uh, you know, football heads and, people who've watched Florida before and, you know, just people understand the game a little bit more than, you know, I think an, a casual fan does, but I, you know, I sat there and I went, how do you stop this offense? Dan Mullen is a great play caller. As you mentioned, Emory Jones is a very electrifying player with the ball in his hands. And, you know, you've got the running backs and all this other stuff. And I just thought down to this, get aggressive early, get aggressive, you know, put, put six or seven guys in the box, you know, let's, let, let's get a little aggressive. Let's let's keep trying to get, you know, uh, Emory Jones in a third down and long. You know, I want I want Emory Jones throwing the football. The reality is, if if Emory Jones is throwing the football more than you know twenty five times thirty, if if he's throwing the ball thirty five times, FAU has done something correctly. I think because you know I Emory Jones just struggled throwing the football. He struggled against Oklahoma throwing the football, and Oklahoma didn't throw some really complex schemes or coverages at them. They, they had more talent than FAU did, but you know, you can, you can almost trust him to make at least one, I think one mistake throwing the football. Nikosi Perry looked better in his last game than Emory Jones looked in his last game. Yes. Against, I, Oklahoma state had a very good defense in the big 12 last year. So I, 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 I will also say, I will also say it makes me feel a lot more comfortable knowing that Nkosi Perry has played in big time environments, knowing that he's played in the Florida state Miami rivalry, knowing that he, you know, knowing that he's going to walk into this game and not be nervous, not be jittery, not, not have doubts. And, you know, he's going to go out there and he's going to be cool, calm and collected. I think you're going to see him walking out the tunnel. He's going to be cool, calm. He's not going to, you know, you're not going to sense a nervous ability to him because he's been there before. I, I, I hate using that term. He's been there before, but he's been there before. He's played in big time environments. He understands, you know, what it takes to win in big time environments. Yeah, and everything you talk to, the kind of the Miami, and I kind of love about this, and we'll get this wrapped up here. I don't, is how Miami fans love Nikosi Perry. I forgot that kind of had his ups and downs, and you kind of wrote in his career, and struggled at times. It really only, it boils only at nine starts, but he feels like such like a integral part of recent Kane's history, <laughs> like a good yeah. part, which is. I mean, because crazy. I think, I think everyone looks towards the 2018 Florida Miami game against Willie Tagger. Uh, you know, a game that he played really well in the second half to help lead them to a victory. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Kevin, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think FAU, I guess the best way to put it, has the ingredients to do this. I mean, and look. Yes. They have the ingredients, I think, now that I've formulated it in my head, to do this against Florida more than any other year. Okay, and this is Power 5. Can they put those ingredients together? Now, I will say this. Al fans, if it's not going great, let's, let's look back to Ohio State in 2019. 
And we were down, uh, you know, I got back after getting my first beer and it was 28, nothing, but you know, they kind of settled in and then you saw a lot of good things in that game that you walked away from and said, if they play like that, the rest of the year, they're going to win a lot of games. And they did, you know, that, I remember that was kind of Kiki's true coming out party. I remember he was all over the field. They forced a couple turnovers. It's like that they led the country in turnovers that year. You know what I mean? There was kind of signs of that game of what was to come. And yeah, I mean, it was just hard for them to cover Chris Olave and block Chase Young. Yeah. I mean, like, no one's going to do that in the country. I mean, look, no one bought Chris Young that year. No, no one bought Chase Young that year. Yeah. a top five pick. Justin Fields is going to start for the Bears. So it's like, yeah, it's you like, saw enough signs. I walked out of that stadium in Ohio that day going, I saw enough little things here where if they just against, if they do these, bring these little things to the rest of the conference, you say they're winning the conference saying they did. So, and, and I'll, I'll say like a couple more things is, you know, as, as you mentioned, if they lose this game, look for the positives in it. Don't go, damn, we lost to Florida. The season's like, don't go gold doom and gloom. If we lose to Florida, look at the positives. You know, if, if a cozy player, Perry plays really well, look at that and go, you know what? This is, this is good signs. You know, if, if one of the tight ends really shines and, you know, if Zaire Mitchell Patton has 85 yards on five receptions, look at that and go, man, we finally have a tight end that we can rely on. Look for the positives in the game because, you're underdogs against Florida. FAU is underdogs against Florida. And, you know, they can say that, you know, they're ready for the opportunity and this, that, and the other thing, but they're underdogs. They're, they're not expected to win this game. They're getting paid a lot of money there to go quote unquote lose. Like yeah. Florida, I, I, 24, as much as we talk about them and one on this lost Tony and all pits and trash 20, our, our company released its, Nate, it's it's 2021 total team composites. Florida was seventh in the country in talent. Seventh. Yeah, they've got talent. <laughs> They're not some untalented football team. And so, like, the other thing about that is be excited. You're playing Florida in the swamp, and we're talking about this on Tuesday, the time that we're recording this, that they might have a chance of winning the game. Like, be excited about that. You know, be excited that we're not going in there going, oh, well, they've got no chance. They're going to lose by 45 points, and, you know, we're just going to get paid money for it. Be excited and embrace the the fact that we're sitting here talking about the fact that they've got a chance of winning the football game. Because as a group of five program, that's the most you can ask for against Florida. You've got a chance. I, uh, most programs of the SEC. Like, yeah, Mississippi State. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt would be excited to go. Damn, oh, we got. Let's, let's, I think we're better than Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, I don't know. I don't know. Why I said Vanderbilt is the first team. We here. we will end on that. Um, look for more content this week, guys. We got some uh, pieces coming up on some recruiting. Uh, twenty. If you're listening to this today, uh, if you could start formally contacting 2023s, and so there'll be a piece out on that, um, and just you know, kind of the overall guys in the state of Florida playing in this game. So. It'll be exciting on game day. Kevin and I will have it all on the message boards and all that good stuff. And it should be a fun one. I think, I think, you know, worst case, we'll have a blast losing. I mean, get off so much more. <laughs> I think guys are going to make plays at the very least. Yeah. There's going to be some guys think, that make some plays that you're excited about. I think, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be recording a recap episode looking at positives 
and not looking at a 55-7 loss where we just go, I don't, like, I don't know what we're supposed to talk about. There'll be positives to talk about. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, uh, thank you for all your support. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.